Hey there! Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits at the Recycle Garage. So, we got a good crowd again today. We always have a good crowd. But we got some returning people and some new people, and it's exciting. So, this is Eliza. We have Doug. Yep. Megan. Hey. Heather. Hello. Kenyon. Hello. Bagel. Howdy. John. Present. And back in the back is Adrian. Hello. Hey, Adrian's working on his bike. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> That's your Adrian, he can't you. see it because your fingers are too stubby, John. <laughs> 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 you know what they say about a man with giant stubby fingers. Yeah, he has no. to gloves. He can't play piano? <laughs> giant stubby gloves. <laughs> Jeez. So let's get to what we did today. Um, who did anything today? Adrian did stuff today. Um, yeah, well, so, so did Mike. Mike fixed two out of three of his oil leaks in the Connie. <laughs> um, and in process, I think he generated one more. Yeah. Oh, jeez. That's not so bad. But all the right side stuff is done. Like, the um, balancer shaft um, one is done. The oil lines for the oil cooler on the bottom are done. The left-hand water pump one still needs to be done. And I think there's another mystery one. but Or maybe that's the CB. So. I can't keep it straight. Yeah. On the CB, there was a lot of oil, but I told him he has to clean all the old oil off or he can figure out where the new oil's coming from. Yeah. Because <laughs> it might be as simple as the odometer cable O-ring being busted. Mm-hmm. Because it's the entire cylinder head <laughs> is covered in black. Mm. So. Yeah, we go through a lot of degreaser here. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Other things that went on, I'm in the process of ripping apart the rear end of the Terra that, if you remember right, got broken at the dirt event two, three weeks ago, but I've been unable to get parts for it. Um, It's a one model year bike, it's looking like, because it's being sold back to KTM, and the local KTM dealer is having some problems getting parts. So I get to fab up something. Um, I was thinking some nice brushed aluminum to put on the... um, I have an idea. Yeah? It'd be uh, dual functional, too. Mm-hmm. You could put a milk crate back there. <laughs> ah, no, you sorry. Carry How stuff and attach your light and uh, your license plate to it. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not a broke college student, and this is not a <laughs> KLR. A lot of those up at UCSC. <laughs> yeah, not give a it. So um, there is an undertail for it, but it's 180 dollars, and frankly, I'm too cheap for that. So I'm gonna try and fab up something. I was hoping to actually get to aluminum construction today, but I'm still trying to trace down a short that's blowing my fuses. Stop that trying sucks. to make milk crates happen. They're not I'm never happen. giving they're not, it up. They're never man. coming back. <laughs> they're not gonna happen. Never giving it up. I love the idea. I love milk crates. There was this, there's this guy up on campus that has like a brand new like 2012 like CBR 600, and there's a milk crate bungeed to the back of it. I'm like, dude, if you can afford a brand new bike, you can afford some luggage racks. Yeah, too there's or a, this company yeah, called Givy. Um, <laughs> do do me a favor, Megan. What? Leave him a note with your picture, asking him if you would like to go up a ride up highway nine i would like to take him through that decreasing radius <laughs> right hander after the 15 mile an hour u-turn sounds good hey john yes uh turn around do you think this could be causing the short we are looking at a it's quite a possibility burnt out wire yes we're looking at a wire that got a severe amount of force pulled on it when the entire rear tail section oh, got right. sucked into the rear wheel and snapped off and there's a lot of shiny copper and stretch marks <laughs> now that I've unwrapped the wrapping. Oh boy! So proof that um, 
you can actually have shorts even though it doesn't look like it's rubbed and exposed. Well, it is short oh, yeah. season. <laughs> when you yank, when you yank on the wire hard enough and suck it into the rear wheel, yeah. There's a lot of sexual innuendo going on here. Never. <laughs> oh, we haven't gotten started yet. Yeah. Besides, you should see the cabinet. Pardon me. Yeah. You can see what we've got in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just say two 20-something-year-old boys had a couple of sword fights last week. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. Yeah, we have photo whoa. proof. Um, For our <laughs> listeners in the Midwest, could we please clarify that statement? Uh, yes, giant horse cock. <laughs> I think that was a yeah. Uh, oh, okay. No real, no real penises were used in the sword fight. No, no, because you would pass out from blood loss. I would pass out from blood okay, loss. Okay, stop, stop, stop. Let's put the brakes on this. Brakes only slow you down. Bagel's turning really red. <laughs> Not just the beer. He, he's he a, a he's a ginger. It happens really easy. So um, let's see. I Jake and I finished putting the XL one seventy five back together, and it runs great. She's getting really proficient. Where I used to say like, her. all right, go put the carburetor in, you then know, you have to go back. Even though what's funny is I'll, I I was doing some work on it today because I I was the one riding it last week or whatever when it blew, yeah, up. blew it up. Yeah. And I was doing a little work on it. And she's like, oh, thank you. Like it's her bike. I know. Well, you heard like, her when you <laughs> brought it back yeah. last week. She was like, what did Doug do to my bike? Did Doug crash my bike? I was like, oh, you're so cute. Though, you know, I can say like, okay, go put the exhaust on, and then I'll go back and check, and everything, all the bolts are in place, everything's there, it's good. Though, she did install the carburetor upside down. Upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's possible? Yeah. Yeah. On the XL? Yeah. Awesome. But they're offset. No, they're not. They're not? They're not. Okay. Two round openings. <laughs> you just pivot. Yeah. They call that a downdraft carburetor, right? <laughs> um, I'm sure nothing was floating in the float bowls. But yeah, she's getting a lot better. You can let her do stuff. And yeah, we got it together. It runs. Yay. And... No leak, but it's making a lot more noise out of the valve. Yeah, you might want to change that valve. Hmm. Or wear um, uh, earplugs. Yeah. Yeah, fuck okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> Pour some magic mystery oil in it. Just put a milk crate on it. That, that fixes everything. Milk <laughs> crate on it. And then Will came by and did more work on his Harley. Yeah. I'm excited to have a Harley in here because we can get rid of a lot of those American bolts finally. <laughs> <laughs> I know those uh, those uh, standard American wrenches in there are getting kind of rusty. I know, right? Nobody's, nobody's using them. And you can get rid of your prejudices against Harleys and their owners. How many Harleys have you owned? Zero. How I'm many a, have I I'm owned? Prejudiced. <laughs> I was say, I wasn't saying you in particular. Oh, okay. I was saying you all. Because when you get to know someone, you find out he's just a normal person like everybody no, else. No, you can still have your prejudices. We, we accept him no matter what. Even though he wears that stupid flame braid thing in his hair. That's the best part be, about it. Be gentle. Be gentle, Megan. We don't want to scare him away. He's nice. Yeah. He so much so jealous that okay. he actually has hair. Um, let's see. So, yeah, Mike worked on... I was a little concerned when Mike had two bikes out in the parking lot, neither fully assembled yet. It's like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. 
<laughs> but then I looked and I had two non-fully assembled bikes in the parking lot and figured I can't talk. Kind of like how Megan shouldn't have talked today. <laughs> yeah. That, that's just a blanket rule for Megan anyway. Yeah. So the other week, uh, Jake showed up. <laughs> for you guys who don't know, Jake is this 15-year-old girl who comes and works and we helped her. Uh, we got her a moped. She rides that around, and she helps us work on bikes. <laughs> she showed up on her moped the other week um, just wearing her helmet that we got her and a T-shirt and jeans and not the jacket that we bought her or any of this other gear that we gave her. And so, Squids. Megan. I didn't chew her out. I tore, just, you chewed her out. Yeah. You tore you into she her. I, I did, too. She's expression. 15 years old. But for good reason. She always has sad puppy dogs. How ironic, <laughs> Megan. I asked Lucas, hey, can you give me a ride on your Jixxer 750? And he was like, yeah, let's go. Let's be sick Jixxer riders. And we did. No, and he couldn't get on his bike fast enough either. I know. And we got up to 150 on the one. It was. And what were you fun. wearing? Indicated. Uh, 150 I, indi- indicated. feet. Um, I was wearing my helmet, my jacket, my gloves, my boots, and jeans. Jeans. <laughs> I wasn't. I so, didn't know he. So was Douglas started lecturing her, and I went, "Oh, we can't miss this opportunity." I go run it. Jake, 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 get in there and start lecturing Megan. I'm not wearing proper gear. She's like, "What?" I'm like, "Just shut up and get in there, quick!" And she went in there like, "Megan," and I was behind her going, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I don't even think she knew why she was chewing you out. She's like, okay, okay, I'll chew her out. <laughs> good, good on her. Good on her. <laughs> you tell her to do something, she does, she it, does it, asks questions yeah. later. I like that. Yeah. I like that. And Lucas came by. He still hasn't fixed his exhaust. Did he talk to you about uh, it? He spent eight hours cleaning his motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> we killed a lot Q-tips? of bugs going 150. <laughs> you have to get really deep in the plastic, and you have to dig them out one by one. And then Jake he washed that bike so hard it took off the first four layers of the factory paint. Jake, Jake ran over there with a greasy palm after he's done, and was like, "Oh, Bruce, look, is he not here?" And went and slid her palm right as he comes through the gate. What are you doing? What are you touching my bike? And she turned. She's a ginch too. She turned bright red immediately. Like, oh, no. you're welcome. Because I'm the one that told her to do that. <laughs> she says to me, I say, hey, hey. And I, I'm like three feet away from Lucas at this time. I'm like, hey, hey, come here, come here. Go rub your dirty, greasy hands all over Lucas's bike. <laughs> I'm not that kind of an asshole. Yes, you are. You're exactly that kind of an asshole. Go do that. We might be bad. In we might be bad. And then she said, and then she said no, 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 I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. And as soon as Lucas turned, turned his back, she went and did it. <laughs> He's a good girl. Yeah. <laughs> good Yeah, girl. we might be bad influences. And then... Might. Uh, yeah. I worked on my new bike. Ta-da! Uh, Music playing. Oh, uh, yeah. This is the uh, headlines this week. Is Laza got a, a dirt bike. Yes, I got a... Proper, a well, a proper dirt bike. Well, Thank an you. older proper dirt it's bike. It's still old. So my criteria was I want some vintage because I am vintage. And I, my budget was five hundred dollars, and I looked at some janky ass broke down shit for five hundred dollars, and I figured, in dirt you need something not quite as janky. Like I'll ride on the street on janky, but, we know, but dirt janky not as good. 
Because, you know, falling down into the bushes is a lot worse than getting hit by a car because your bike is janky. <laughs> no, yes. but having to walk your bike out of the middle of, say, back lower field of Hollister with a gas tank that's falling off. Yes. Like yes. Because, as I said, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm only afraid of getting hurt. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. Kill yeah, me. Don't that, put me in It's the healing process that sucks. So, I got this. It's an 87 XR250R that is a little janky, but for the most part, pretty. I mean, it's 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 80, it's an almost 30. Ooh, big hearty. Now they're turning some heads. <laughs> it's a. Hey, they just saved lives. Yeah, they just saved a bunch <laughs> of lives, lives out there. All the time. Um, I mean, for a 30-year-old bike, there's going to be jankified stuff. But there's a lot of good stuff on it for it's, it's really a 30-year-old bike. It's really not bad. If yeah. anything, I'm really shocked at how torquey it is, which I kind of like the not as torquey. Uh, I just changed the sprocket. Yeah, uh, I guess. It's a dirt bike, man. You want some... Yeah, you're gonna want that torque that when you're going up the hill. Air, man. Well, no, but but you <laughs> no. do need to do shit like wheelie over logs and stuff so you can get. Places. I don't. I think I'm gonna avoid the logs. Or just keeping your front a little bit on those whoops. You know, yeah. Keep them up. Isn't that half the fun though? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, no, but seriously though, like going down off of obstacles, no, hey, a lot of times you need to balance out the the landing zone and so I, you do need to be able to have some power. I that did was, go a little torque. Yeah, I did go little, over the train tracks. Low <laughs> <laughs> I keep taking. I've now logged. I don't think the odometer works right because it says I've logged four point three miles. I've made three trips down to the end of the street to the train tracks and ridden in the gravel over there. Well, for how long? I've made three trips. Well, how long were you? Oh, not very long. Not long enough to get have time for the police to get there. <laughs> They're only well, across the street. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now, um, what? Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, so doing some little work on it, but I found a $500 bike, and I'm, I'm learning more about these XRs. I, I like it. I'm I'm kind of surprised I got something that doesn't have dual shocks from the 70s. <laughs> uh, I think that bike needs another shock, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> along with the yeah. one it has for you. I think I have one off my old Fiat I can put on there. Perfect. <laughs> Is it four inches too long? <laughs> no, but I can cut it with bolt cutters, can I? <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy to oh, weld yeah, that. You can right definitely trim the spring that way. <laughs> 60s Cadillac shocks have better valving. So, um, Megan, you want to do your porn pick? Okay. Wait, I did so, stuff today. Oh, wait. What did you do today, John? I did stuff today, too, besides oh, well, go fast. Okay, then go. Go, John. Go, John. You I, go. I went on a frightening motorcycle ride with one person I know and a bunch of people that I know. Wait, did you mouth off on Craigslist and get challenged to a rumble? Or on a barf and get challenged to a rumble? <laughs> like <No>. Lucas. <laughs> no, that was Lucas. No, that was Lucas. I was invited on a ride with some friends and, and do you have new and improved chain and sprocket on the bike i do i have brand new chain and sprocket i also have a brand new set of tire well brand new set new of tires is kind of a euphemism newer they've never <laughs> been ridden on before but they were manufactured in 2006 oh boy uh, okay a little on the stiff side <laughs> so that was a little frightening because I've never ridden anything. I mean, I've ridden 20-year-old tires, but they're on 40-year-old bikes. Yeah. <laughs> I've never ridden on a modern sport bike with really old 
tires, and that was kind of weird because they took a quite a while to break in. They were real greasy for quite some time. Wow. Uh, but I got them. I, I'm, I'm not a total moron. I got them so that I could go on this big long road trip, and I'm just going to burn them off. So I, I got this set of tires for Where like are you 50 going? Bucks. Uh, I'm going up to the Sierras and stuff. Cool. So. Very cool. Nice. Guess what I did today, Liza? What'd you do today? Well, you have to guess. You went what for a ride with Lucas. Expanded. Oh, Susie Sands a lot was back. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know if I had any butt shaking action this time, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, last time we went dirt biking, Adrian mentioned something about wanting to paint his dirt bike, which is yellow and black, and I was like, "What about pink with some sparkles?" And he said, "Okay, yeah, sure." And so we went and got pink spray paint well, and purple spray paint and i started sanding in all fairness i wanted to make his bike look like my pretty pony and put a little mane that you could braid on the tip um, yeah the pretty pony thing somehow he draws the line at that but the pink and sparkles is okay i couldn't yeah, find any sparkles um, mostly, like, I'll, I'll keep the whole brony thing it. as well as a mane on a dirt bike is gonna get filthy in two seconds flat and be hard to clean yeah and so, also the tassel idea that you had yeah i, I liked the tassel first time idea. i crashed those tassels are coming off and i don't like littering so I get pissed off when I see tear offs. But road. you can do its hair. <laughs> None of these seem like good reasons. No, then I'll just get my little pony dirt bike. <laughs> so that will be my project. Will be making it as pink and purple as possible. You can always cover it in like some little bit pieces of shag carpet as well for. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. dude, I miss that. Do you remember it was at the mid '90s, nice early '90s when people were putting fur on their motorcycles? Yep. Oh I've god, I miss that so oh, yeah, much. That was like the, it was like a three-year like fur. Yeah, it was like it was like, it was like '92 yeah, to like '95. Fairings. That was terrible. Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, the fully fared bikes would be completely. It was the best. That was the best. It was horrible. The best was like like the couple of years after when they were all dirty. Yeah, oh, yeah. You get like big dirty hair, hairy gas tanks. Uh, oh, oh, I love those yeah. days. Oh, well, the yeah. first rain the and they would soaked and all the road grime would get into them. Yeah, we just gotta vacuum that, dude. And put some. So, uh, we're just trying to get Heather louder. For some reason, your mic isn't picking up as well as everyone else's. I think it's the mic. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm right here. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, well, let's. We're gonna revisit the reason that Kenyon and Heather is here today. Um, Kenyon works for Zero, and he races electric motorcycles, which we're gonna get to. But in honor of you being here, our Craigslist porn pick of the week, we've raised the value up to five grand from our five hundred dollars. I went over that. Oh, jeez. So, we wanted to find a zero electric motorcycle uh, because I I don't think it's on a lot of people's radars. And and now that we have the professional here who can tell us if it's a good deal or not and what to look for in buying a used bike. So, what did you find, Megan? I found one on Craigslist that was not good. And then I also, (laughs) (laughs) so then I went on um, Cycle Trader. And the cheapest one on Cycle Trader is $5,495, and it's a 2011 Zero motorcycle. That's about as much detail as they give you. And it's in San Francisco, and it's got... It doesn't say what model. It just says Model Zero S. That's a model. That's a model. Okay. (laughs) That is Um, a model. (laughs) And then it's got 568 miles and a bunch of dimensions. Like 10 charges? I so, so 
eight charges or something. You said this is a 2011? Yes. So how far on a 2011, how far can you go on a battery? At a 2011, it's probably about a max of maybe like 50, 60 miles. Okay. Uh, that was quite a few years ago, so I don't remember the exact details. Sure. It, it really depends, you know, on, on whether you're highway miles or city miles. But city miles, cruising around, you might get 40 to 50 miles. And how long are these batteries going to last? If you're buying a used electric bike, you know, what are the, the pitfalls to look for? Uh, well... I can't speak for all electric bikes, but at least for zeros, um, we've always rated our batteries for almost life of bike. So if, if they're maintained well and, um, and they aren't crashed or nothing bad happens to them, then the battery should last, um, you know, eight to 10 years. Oh, that's awesome. Um, can, can they just sit without being ridden and not have damage done to the batteries? Uh, well, all battery, all lithium ion batteries, uh, have like natural aging. Um, but that sort of pales in comparison to the amount that you ride it. So uh, they will degrade over time just sitting there, but very little compared to uh, um, how much of it, so if you ride cycling. it. So it's not going to be like in uh, like the lithium-ion battery in like my cordless drill, where if I don't use it constantly, it, it goes to hell. No. So okay. the, they'll degrade a tiny bit, but for the most part, they'll... Uh, be fine. Although you got to keep them charged. That's the biggest right. problem is was... keeping keeping people charged. So, is well, how much would that bike have been originally, approximately? Uh, I think the 2011 sold for about ten or eleven grand. Okay, so that price. does sound like a pretty good deal. If you want to get into electric bikes, it's not bad. Okay, I would I would definitely negotiate it down a little bit. Good tip. All right, so we're going to move on to some of our emails and and responses we've had. Um, people have been contacting us through our website, through emails. Um, they've been through iTunes. We appreciate it. Uh, and a lot of them, we've had running conversations with people. So I just wanted to highlight um, some of the good conversations and responses that we've had. So um, this one is from... From, please don't mention my name on the podcast if it's discussed. Wink, wink, you know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) But um, he loves listening to the podcast, and he wants to hear us talk more about tools and and tools for long trips. So we'll need Justin for that. Adrian's quite knowledgeable. And Adrian, exactly. So that's something he wants more info on. And he heard us talking about our DMV woes and how hard it is to get bikes registered sometimes. And he lives in Minnesota and was saying, well, maybe I can start a company that can, because it's <laughs> well, really yeah. easy to register stuff here in Minnesota and that he can register it and then kind of lease it back. And guess what? I found a company. We'll talk about that offline. Motorcycle, <laughs> motorcycle Now, MotorcycleNow.com does it. I'm not saying I recommend it. I don't know anything about them, but I thought that was interesting. Somebody's already gone there. Um, what you got? Let's see. Um, I've got Dylan and he's an SF vampire and he want, he bought a, he bought a shirt. He did. Right? He bought a shirt. He bought a shirt and he, he wants to come by. a small shirt, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to do out, a Dylan. podcast um, talking about amateur dirt track and super motor racing, which I would love to hear that about. That would be awesome. You'll, would be you'll awesome. come back for that, John? Oh, totally. Yeah. I would love to hear about that. Um, I've got, got a bike got I'm going to try to set another up for, for one, right now. Um, 
It doesn't say where he's from, but his name's Christopher, and he just sent us a nice note saying that um, this is a great podcast, and um, he said this group takes uh, wrenching and writing to a new level, and it's a great example, and that people should think about doing this other We forgot to ride today. I agree. I didn't. We wrenched, but well, I rode down Megan didn't. I rode to the parking lot down at the bottom (laughs) of the street. Um, I rode my bike to park it into the truck. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I have one from Tristan up in Ashland, and he's originally from Santa Cruz. Uh, he says he's enjoying the podcast, keep up the great work, and he's actually coming down in, I think, two weeks. So we hope to have him come join us awesome. for cool. a podcast. He says he'll come with smiles and stories. So, hey, Tristan. Buy a shirt, Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know when you're coming. We'll autograph it for you. I want to make, make sure <laughs> Ooh, we, we get we you We should there. start doing yeah. that. We could put, like, butt prints on one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not putting mushroom stamps on them. <laughs> I think we could stamps. sell shirts with Jake's handprints. Get a pressed fruit bowl on your shirt. <laughs> the size of a hand. Yeah. Greasy handprint. Greasy handprint, yeah. Don't wash it ever. I have another one here. Uh, this is Jack in Ohio. Uh, he His primary ride is the 2007 Triumph America, but he also has, John, you'll like this, a 78 Yamaha DT250E. Oh yeah. And a 1959 AJS Model 31 Cafe Sweet. Racer. AJSs were cool. Yeah, so um, he likes listening to us, he says, since in the winter, riding is scarce in Ohio. Scarce? Scarce. That's how you he know, spelled it. Scarce. Of scarce. The, the, motor, the English motorcycle that ended up surviving triumph and probably norton the famous ones uh the better english bikes were not really nortons or triumphs or bsa's the really awesome ones were like matchless and ajs and uh, uh, i like the uh, aerials and stuff like that those were i've got like one way more than the triumphs um from mike from michigan and this one was actually directed towards me um personally um Funny. I know. Imagine that, Liza. Um, and he was taught. I have wanted a CRF 230 for dirt, and he was kind of mentioning maybe trying to get it street legal. When out street legal out here for me, I take the freeway too much for a um, 230 to be kind y- of. You know, they doable. sell a street legal CRF 230 already. I know. Yeah. Um, I actually saw one in We All Ride just the other day when I was there. But um, he also. Um, had a request for a topic is um the topic of motorcycles as a replacement for cars since motorcycling is often viewed as a recreational activity in america and he said i'm sure most of you are doing that living in california uh i wish it was a possibility for me but with my 90 mile daily commute in sub-zero temps that just wouldn't do uh he so. needs a bmw yeah he needs heated gear <laughs> yeah heated pants so. and heated socks yeah, yeah. you can get recommendations from it justin is possible, on but not there, there are feasible. 90 miles though that would be kind of a eh. lot of my friends down on cars a lot of my friends don't own cars having been somebody who did solely ride without a car in boston and you and figured out you can get all the gear to keep warm but what you cannot do is avoid black ice oh yeah true mm-hmm. so yes that is a pitfall um, um but you could get spikes and all those sort of things mm-hmm. or if you're really far north um there's the snow bike conversions which uh, a friend of mine who moved up to Oregon recently has just been completely getting into the snow bike stuff. Cool. Mm-hmm. Where it's you got a ski on the front with the forks and oh, threads right, on the right, rear. Right. And they're scary. doing some insanely crazy shit. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. I want to go up um, there and visit them now. The cool thing about those is you can go 
up the sides of hills. You can ride along sideways along a hill really easy on those. And it's right. really difficult to do on a snow machine. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I've got just one more from David in Portland, Oregon. Um, he said he really likes the podcast. And um, I think he... No. Uh, let's see. His favorite bit is the what we did today. He said it's inspiring and enlightening. And he also listened to us. He also listened to us, um, I think, bitch about when it rained for like two days up here. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you know, and I think we were talking about how we wished gloves or we wish we had squeegees for our helmets. And he sent us a link like, hey, they do make these, you know, oh, yeah. for the six so. days total of rain we've had this year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, if you if could um, please send us some donuts. That would be <laughs> <laughs> Not Specifically, um, psycho donuts. <laughs> So this has been one of my favorite uh, emails oh my gosh, it's so we've cute. had. It's so so, cute. <laughs> so let's say hi, Riley. This hi. is about you. So this hi, is Riley. Riley. He's a 14-year-old freshman in Carbondale, Illinois, and he doesn't have much riding experience. But his his dad has been uh, helping him learn to ride. Has a bike he rides Sounds around like in his the dad yard. Rides a lot, too. and he fixes. And he he's asking us for help. Uh, what bike should he get as a project? So when he gets his driver's license. He'll have a bike ready to go. Um, and I, I said, well, let me get some information from you. Like, how tall are you? How tall is your dad? <laughs> you know, um, that kind of stuff. And, and, he, and he said, um, well, currently I'm 5'3", five, 5'4". Five, five, um, and his dad, he thinks, is around 6'3". Um, he's not into any particular style, but he doesn't see himself riding a big chopper. Um and his dad has a 40-foot shop with a couple of bikes, including a cafe that he's building. Nice. So <laughs> then I got an email from Tony. He's like, hey, this is Riley's dad. <laughs> <laughs> and I know Riley emailed you, so I wanted to give you some information. So he says, um, I have 15 motorcycles <laughs> and an 80-foot shop. Wow. And he said that I'm five foot nine and Riley is almost as tall as I am. <laughs> not six three. <laughs> Which I thought was awesome. But so his dad is he's got a group called the Scarabs. It's a cafe vintage motorcycle group. In and, Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, in southern Illinois. And his dad has uh, he's got a bunch of like let's see, he's got C B three fifty, C B one twenty fives, um he's got a XL125, he's got him riding around the yard. He's in in these old bikes, and, and he, I think he felt a little bad that he said that Riley listens to us and the Cleveland Moto guys <laughs> and wants our opinion, not his dad's. <laughs> well, if you can give Riley some advice right now, it's your dad probably knows a lot more than you think you do. And you all of does. the bikes that his dad said he had in the email sound like good starter bikes. Yeah, yeah so Riley... His size. Well, I think That's, he's also looking for a project, though. He says he's looking yeah. for a project. So if, and if he's 14, he's got like a year and a half or two years it, before he gets his driver's license. His dad has a 72 CB125 he wants to give him to fix mm. up I think that'd as be a cafe racer. Um, so, Riley, I want to say your dad's really cool. He has great taste in bikes. At your age, you probably don't realize your dad is cool. So I appreciate your asking us. My response, and uh, John's here, so he'll probably like have something to say about this <laughs> i said i personally love the challenge of taking the 80s cruisers and making them cool because they're, they're everywhere all, they're already cool oh. 
<laughs> I mean, uh, 80s cruisers, they're plentiful. They don't have a lot of value. And I like that a bit of a challenge. Taking a, an old CB and turning it into a cafe is simple. You already know what it's going to look like. But taking an old Shadow or a CM or something. Oh, Josie is getting a little rambunctious over there on the mic stand. Josie, calm down. So I recommended that he looks for one of these old CMs or an old exciter, you know, if you can find one cheap. Yeah, and I've been looking, actually. I have Southern Illinois Craigslist saved on my computer, and I've been looking. um, Haven't seen many project bikes out there. Most of the stuff is fairly new and well over two to $3,000. So I'm looking, and I have your email address, and I will email you if I find anything. Take the free bike from your dad. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but... I would <laughs> That's agree my with best that. advice. Yeah. Take the free bike. I, I can I can understand him wanting to do something different because then his dad is going to keep telling him what to do, and his dad already has an idea of what it's going to be lo- looking like. I think he wants to do something himself. He also oh, I was just going to say he talked about how he wants to go volunteer and learn at a local motorcycle shop and ask to help out and i think that's a wonderful idea and i think that sure that's a great way to get your foot in the door just to learn the tools yeah so uh he uh, he sent me another email saying um hey my friend and i were already thinking of a great idea we're gonna paint the gas tank to look like it's covered in duct tape (laughs) (laughs) no save that for the seat i I responded with well my first question is why and my second question is why Why not Third My third should, question third is, should really why, mean, why don't, don't you, you just, just use, duct tape? use duct tape? <laughs> exactly. That was my third question. But I kind of, I mean, kind of could be cool. A duct tape, I, I don't know. I know what I think he should do. Okay, let's hear it. I think he should take a large displacement 70s two-stroke enduro, street legal two-stroke enduro. Adrian's and, eyes are widening. And turn that <laughs> into... A 60s style Grand Prix cafe bike. Okay. This sounds like a project for you. Not- well, he does have a machine shop available to him. He does have a very sweet setup there. So, uh, yeah, maybe. So, Riley, those are some ideas. We're going to keep looking for you, and uh, Megan will email you when we see bikes that come up. I recommend um, for people who are looking for a the free CM bike. CM400T. Um, <laughs> If you, local shops, yeah. check in with the mechanics that work on old bikes because sometimes bikes get abandoned there. And sometimes they just want it gone. John and I know all about that. and Or they know somebody who's got a bike sitting in their yard because they've been driving past it for the last eight years. You know, They're really the ones to talk to. I had that the Sabre sitting in my driveway. I had about ten people stop while I was outside. And Why didn't asked you sell it? If the, I don't know. They, they didn't, I don't know. Because Easton wanted to I give wanted him an extra hundred dollars for it. Yeah. That's but what. it was amazing how many people just stopped and said, hey, what, what's, we want to sell that bike? You know, it's just crazy. Well, let's get to our big topic of the day and the reason that Kenyon is here. And that is K-squared racing. So you want to explain what K-squared is, what you do, who you are, how long you've been doing it, how good you are <laughs> sure um, <laughs> so uh well k squared racing came about in uh 2000 uh after i was racing with some buddies um some people that were vampires way back in the day and um we were a uh, team terminal velocity and i decided to kind of go 
on my own and uh, make my own team. So that's where K squared racing, Kenyon Kluge, my two Ks. So kind of made sense. And I've just carried that name ever since then. So uh, I've been racing since 1997. Uh, started racing uh, gas bikes, 750s, GSXRs mostly. Um, big Jigsaw fan. You're a Jigsaw uh, writer? <laughs> oh, yeah. You really should meet Lucas then. He'll, he'll look up to you. <laughs> what, what, what was that? Uh, you should meet Lucas. He'll really oh, okay. look up to you. GSXR. Or, sorry, 750. GSXR, uh, GSXRs are amazingly awesome bikes and they don't deserve to be hated on just because a few guys want to do wheelies without wearing a helmet. We're not hating on them. We're just not making fair. fun of Lucas. There's a difference. <laughs> we're just yeah, jelly, yeah. man. Hey, Hallback and the rest, we, yeah, they're fun to watch, but yeah, Lucas, just we make fun of them. <laughs> what, what prompted you to get into motorcycle racing in the first place? Good question. Um, well, I, uh, I don't know. I did a lot of things beforehand and then, uh, one day my roommate like said, hey, trampolines and stuff, or I mean, what <laughs> yeah, are you doing? Uh, you know, like paintball and martial arts and some other things. And, and Thrill seeker. Yeah, I did. I, did I was actually leading. I, I thought you were going to say, well, I used to haul ass on the street and crash and take out cars and stuff. I thought that's what you were going to say. <laughs> well, I kind of started that way when, once I got into motorcycling. And, but I knew I wanted to race from the moment I got on a bike. And it took me about two years from the time I got my license until I started racing. Oh, really? And, I didn't know. Uh, yeah. It was that fast. Yeah, I, I knew I wanted to. It was just a matter of money back in those days. So <laughs> I traded in a, I traded in my EX500, which was my first bike, for a GSXR 750. That's what Megan's got Wait, now. wait yeah. you can do that? You Well, you <laughs> you could back in the 90s. I got, I got a ton of old shitty bikes I want to trade <laughs> yeah. in. Well, you, you could back in the 90s when, yeah. when you said, I don't have any money, and they say, we don't care. We don't care. You're, we're just going to charge you like 20% interest or something. And it was a Jigsaw. Yeah. I'll pay 20% interest for a Jigsaw. Have, have you been riding the CX500? Yeah, you can have a Jigsaw 1000. Go ahead. So, when you first started racing electric, mm-hmm. tell us what it, the technology was like. What were the, the races like then? Because both John and I have seen you race at two different tracks, and both of us saw you break down. In that race. Well, to, to be fair, I didn't see him break down the first time. What I saw him do was was be well, really far back and then catch up to everybody at the end. I guess define break down because it's not what we know of as a breakdown. Because then you can get it to go again. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I've been working at Zero Motorcycles uh, pretty much since they started. And the two kind of came about because I'm an electrical engineer and I raced motorcycles. And I was really an electrical engineer so that I could afford to ma- race motorcycles. Nice. Um, and so they, they asked me to come and try the bike out. And that's kind of how I got involved with Zero. And uh, when the very first electric race uh, was going to happen in the U.S. Um, what year the, was that? This was 2010 at yeah. uh, Infineon Raceway, Sears Point. Uh, now, I, w- now I was it's there. Called Sonoma yeah, Raceway. We were there. Yeah, yeah, we were there. That was the first ever electric race yeah. in the U.S. Wrecked that wow. BMX bike, wasn't it? Yes, it was. <laughs> it was a BMX that somebody put an electric motor on, and oh, it yeah. had like no um, what do you call this? It was like there was no proportion it, on the. Yeah, I mean, it just would wheelie. They didn't uh-huh. tell me. They didn't tell me I had to pedal first to get some speed going, then roll on the throttle. Ooh. Nice. I just yeah. <laughs> Throttle first, and the thing flew out from underneath me and almost hit some people. That's one of the, one of the guys familiar. that works with me uh, builds electric bicycles that like make sixty horsepower. 
Yeah, it was, it was a, a it was a baby. I was just walking by, and they're that? like, "Do you think you can tame the beast?" And I was like, "Hell <laughs> so, yeah, no." So, well, what do I gotta win some hot, eat some hot wings or something? So, so recap that bike is um, the CRF conversion I've seen, or oh yeah, what's that? The sixty horsepower bicycle um, you just mentioned—is that the CRF conversion? No, this was like a BMX frame that was welded together and and basically stuck oh a God. zero drivetrain on yeah. it. Wow. That might have been wow. what Doug wrote. <laughs> it was, it was, elect- it was yeah. this electric thing with a so, swing. Oh, yeah, they were hanging yeah. out in front of your, your yeah, they were pit hanging out. Oh, that might have been Luke. Yeah, at the was, bottom of the hill right there. That, that was Luke. Yeah, he's, he's kinda, I, I let him hop on. They had me he's get on video crazy. camera and say I, I'm, that I'm not going to hold them responsible. Yes, that was Luke. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I've heard yeah. that story. I didn't know it was you. <laughs> they don't know that I crashed They don't know that you did it at the top of the hill. They don't know of it. Yeah, there's a great video of him saying, okay, you realize that this is going to hurt you. And, <laughs> yeah. a, and a reporter saying, yes, I understand that. And then looping it, and one of his shoes flies off in the distance. Well, I, luckily, it was I like did instant that. karma. <laughs> I did that at the top where the buses were coming down, and there was the metal guardrails behind it were pedestrians. This kid and his this dad and his kid, and I almost took them out. It moved that guardrail like two feet into where they were walking and right in front of a bus coming down the hill. I fucking sat up and like look around. Does anybody see that? And I was, nobody's coming out to help me. I just pick the thing up and I get back and I'm like, all right guys, we gotta go. Let's go. Bye. <laughs> Here's your bike. Nice. So describe that race and then describe the last race you did. I want to hear the difference between the two. Sure. So so the first race, uh, you know, Zero hired a, a pro rider and and we contracted a bike to ride and uh, and I just said, hey, I'm a racer. I, I really want to ride this. So I asked for a rejected frame from the assembly line and got all hand-me-down parts from Zero and we pieced a bike together uh, kind of last minute and got it working two days before the race. Nice. And then went and did it. So it was real, like, garage style. Because like, that's the way you should do it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I just, but I just wanted to be a part of our first ever electric race in the U.S. And that was my goal. Sweet. And so we went out and ran it. You know, we didn't, we didn't know if the thing was going to finish. We didn't know if it would even make it race distance. We didn't know if we had enough battery. We weren't sure if the race had started or not. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, it was quiet, and nobody knew how to announce it either, so they just sat there mm-hmm. staring at everybody. Well, and but, the race was going on, but at one point, we were looking at an empty track, it seemed. It's like, what? And I think yeah. like I think after the carousel, I saw you kind of just slowing down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there was 10 entrants, and I think I think there was five finishers. And, and who won? Uh, it was Zero did, with, with their hired rider and, and everybody, so, yeah. Nice. Uh, Sean Higby was the the first electric race winner in the U.S. Um, and a great guy. He did a he did an awesome job. And what was your, electric. I don't know, do you compare a track time or a, a average speed? What unit of measurement do you use? So uh, lap time-wise, we <laughs> I was about seven <laughs> seconds off of the fastest time. Okay. Uh, and I was, um, but I was about two laps down total. So I got laps twice. Although I ran out of power at, on the last lap. And was only able to do about five miles an hour for about a half a lap. Uh, and then coming up the start-finish line, they were waving me into the pit like I should just retire. And I'm like, no, screw that. I'm going to go over the finish line. So I jumped off and pushed the bike over the line. So I'm just going to say it was kind of laughable. I mean, yeah, it's like, this is a race. <laughs> he was like, Ooh. 
Oh, it didn't make that much noise. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. So now describe your last race. How'd that go? So this year was totally different. We we were running a bike that was basically a production bike. I took it off the showroom floor. We added some cooling to the motor, which really consisted of just drilling some holes in the motor plate so that so that air would pass through the motor. We didn't we didn't put anything active on it. Uh, We had a like a uh, just a 12 volt fan just blowing on it. That was about it. And uh, and I put fairings on it because they're unfaired. So did you steal that fan from a computer? No. Okay. <laughs> Could that Radio shot into a computer. It, it was actually from um, Mar- Long's Marine. It was a Marine fan. Just okay. a 12 volt, you know, like uh, yeah, uh, boat submerged fan. Nice. Uh, but uh, you know, other than that, it was pretty much a stock bike. Fairings on it just to get the wind out of my face. And uh, we were running times that would have qualified us in the XR 1200 race before us, um, AMA Pro race. Uh, we were right there with the Moto Moto 2 times as well. What's I think the, we would have been top speeds on that last, but we would have made it on the grid. We were doing uh, 110 miles an hour down the front straight, and we could have easily done more than that, but we kind of balanced it out to have enough torque coming right, out of right. the corners, and uh, so. You gotta so, work your battery life in there too. So, so yeah. explain that because it seems like racing an electric bike. There's all these other components uh, that you have to make the battery last. So, you, I mean, it's completely different than on the gas-powered bike. So, explain how that works. The difference, the biggest difference, I guess. Well, uh, you know, first of all, everybody always says how different it is, but really, in the end, it's it's the same between a gas bike and electric bike in that you're always trying to make your bike explode the moment you pass the finish line and uh, <laughs> push it just to its limits. Yeah. yeah. Electric is, is maybe a little bit more, more obvious in that sense because the technology is emerging. So a lot of times you do technically explode hopefully right <laughs> after the finish line, but, <laughs> but you know, I, I was, I was telling uh, biscuit that, uh, you know, biscuit you, bagel. <laughs> close enough, close enough. You've got I a new name. I was known as Biscuit at one time. <laughs> biscuit bagel, you know. <laughs> when you're just a small bagel. Yeah. Before I turned into bagel. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> ah, turning tea red. Right. Um, biscuit. Right. Anyways. <laughs> um. I was telling him with electric, uh, it's you know you can always make as much power as you want. You can always just crank the the current and the voltage up, and you can make as as much power as you want. It, there's no difficulty there. It's just how much, how long can you make that power for? And that's about getting heat out of the out so of the system. So what's to stop you from just putting more batteries in? You got to watch the weight to be a certain weight for the class, or and you um, can just stuff more batteries in it to go further and faster. That is a good question. <laughs> well, now yeah. in the U.S., uh, there's kind of emerged two different classes, or really now I, I should say internationally, because um, this is adopted by FIM rules. So uh, there's a there's pretty much the open class, which almost anything goes. Uh, there's a weight limit. I think I think it's 550 pounds for the bike, roughly. Yeah, for you the wear bike. a battery backpack. Yeah, why don't you have batteries uh, in your pants? Solar you cells on. on the bike. Yeah. It's also very dangerous. You could have solar cells on the bike if you want. <laughs> Nice. Why, yeah, how come you don't have batteries in your pants and stuff? Because uh, it just doesn't make any sense. Because they oh. get warm, they <laughs> okay. explode. Silly um, question. I mean, you yeah. Why won't you sacrifice it? yourself for you the You couldn't for the wire cars. it in, and it wouldn't, you know, it'd just be extra weight on you. And if so you crashed. Be, yeah, and if you crashed, that would oh, be kind yeah. of bad, too. Do you want to win or not? <laughs> <laughs> so how, uh, 
have you been doing personally in your racing? Are you ranking? Ranking? Are you ranked? Yeah. So over the last two years, at least in electric racing, yeah, um, I've won my class, which is the E Super Stock class. So nationally, Yay. I won the class. Thanks. Uh, and I came in second both years in the overall ranking as well. So even nice. up against all the wow. prototypes and factory bikes. And I've been racing a stock bike the last two class, two years, do, roughly stock. Do you carry like a number one plate? Do they do that in your in your classes too? Uh, they don't. Probably just because it's not very organized yet. Okay. And they haven't really figured out things like putting a number one plate on. <laughs> I think you can kind of have whatever number you want. So if you really want to just ask for number one, I think they'll give it to you. <laughs> Sweet, I'm going to run number one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> one. One thing I was curious about is you had mentioned that there was a uh, there was a 24-hour race that you had raced in. Um, and you mentioned that there there were, you were swapping batteries. Can you tell a little bit more about that and how that how that went and how that worked? Yeah, um, kind of early on uh, in uh, Zero's history, they uh, we sponsored a, a 24-hour dirt bike race uh, held in San Jose at a motocross track. Um, and that would be Metcalf, I assume. Uh, no, it was a 408 moto. Yeah, oh, it's, okay. it's actually it's right inside the, the city limits. Yeah, it's oh, like wow. right in San Jose. Oh. So it's kind of weird to be riding motorcycles for 24 hours in the middle of San Jose. But yeah, wow. It's actually a really nice track, but well maintained. And, uh, so they hosted the event and, uh, we, the, for zero our one of our selling points is that we've always had swappable batteries on our, our dirt bike and kind of now it's evolved to our street bike, uh, kind of supermoto style bike. And, uh, you can just pull a clip, pull a rail off and you swap, pull a battery out and swap another one in. And now our, on our newer ones, you can swap two batteries in and out. Um, so up to two modules. So you can have one for that's 2.5 kilowatt hours or two that are five kilowatt hours. How often are you burning out motors? Because I mentioned to you, Doug and I saw the movie Charged, so we know everything about electric racing now. <laughs> and they were going through a lot of motors, it seemed. Yeah. Or the first year. But how they seemed, it was like so easy to swap out. It's like leg, building with Legos or something. Uh, they were probably trying to charge the batteries at 50 amps, Liza. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, the, the technology is so new and, and evolving that everybody's pushing the limits out there. So it's, it's a lot about engineering as well as racing. Um, so kind of to get to the motor question, the, those earlier motors and a lot of the motors in charge were brushed motors, uh, and they were pushing them so hard they were burning out brushes. Right. Um, we run a brushless DC motor which has zero contact points anymore. Okay. So all the all it is is two bearings on either end and nothing else is touching anything. So there's does nothing that, to wear out. Does that yeah. also have the regenerative capabilities when you are left it does. throttle? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and so really you know to kind of get back to that we have blown up race motors, but again it's like when we're pushing them to the limits. So yeah, the race motors. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. We're trying to eke out every last little bit. So, uh, in 2011, when we be- went back to Laguna, we went around and we had to drop 10 seconds. And so we went back and uh, put the bike on a dyno that night at the shop and, and tweaked the motor, went back to the track the next day and got 11 seconds, which is kind of unheard of in racing to just drop 11 seconds overnight, wow. and uh, which was great. And then we went two more laps and burnt up the motor. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so the technology in electric racing is rapidly improving, like mm-hmm. rapidly improving, like any of these technology-driven things now. So uh, is there an end in sight, or is this going to exceed the capabilities of the gas-powered bikes? 
I think without a doubt, electric bikes are going to exceed the performance of gas motorcycles. How soon? It's just a question of how soon. Yeah. How uh, soon do you predict? Well, Mr. Inside Information. Three years ago, I would have told you that it would have been another like 15 to 20 years. Yeah. Uh, in 2012, when we were running the bikes and we ran four zeros the whole race season and we were doing lap times similar to the gas bikes, I said five years. And I would say after the after the last year, it might be sooner than that. We might start start having electric bikes that are at least competitive with the gas bikes in the next two to three years. And maybe, you know, then it's just a matter of, of adoption after that. So a big issue, well, I don't know a whole lot about electric motorcycles. I've ridden a couple of them. Uh, but it seems to me the big issue is you get all the torque you want as soon as you want it. Um, but like the progression of gasoline engines we can always make power we can't get that power to the ground and i'm wondering if you guys i mean use traction control and stuff like that to kind of help with that tremendous torque curve that you guys have uh we don't we haven't really incorporated traction control yet um just because it's a it's kind of an outlier you know we're we're trying to refine the base technology first um but the advantage of electrics is that you have complete utter control over the motor uh I mean, in in th we haven't done this, but in theory, it's like a stepper motor in the sense that you can always make the motor do exactly what you want it to do. So if you wanted to program it to be a wheelie machine, you could. You could just put it in wheelie mode and twist the throttle as hard as you want, and it would bring you up into a perfect wheelie, and you could ride it for as long as you want because the motor would just balance you in that position. You have as much control over the motor as you want. So, so in theory, traction control is infinitely possible with electric motors. So you could actually attract the Beamer riders into wheelie by giving them a button to do it. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah. so you could make the Ducati riders think they know how to ride a motorcycle by being able to throw them into a, into a wheelie. So without getting into, I mean, you don't have to get into other brands, but how many different brands of bikes are out there racing? And are you in an interesting position of being, you said, a programmer mm -hmm. and a rider? At yeah. the same time, are, are you unique, or is there a lot of that crossover? I think in the, the a rider field? would make the best programmer, right? In some senses, uh, you know, I know what to, to ask my crew to look at mm -hmm. and stuff, but I still rely on a crew out there, just like everybody else, because you gotta, gotcha. you, you can't focus on too many things when you're out there at the track. Um, but I do know what I'm doing when I'm setting up the bike beforehand and and stuff like that. Um, as to what I'm doing versus what a lot of the other companies are doing, um, zero. You know, it builds a great bike, uh, but they don't put a lot of a lot of uh, effort into the race program. So I mm -hmm. carry it because I love it. Right. So I'm really pushing it forward. Um, a lot of the other companies out there have hired riders. Uh, a lot of times they're they're um, pro riders. Like I was standing on the podium uh, this year with Eric Bostrom, who's one of the best riders in the U.S. Wow. Um, was he above or below you? <laughs> he was one spot above. Oh. Nice. Would have been nice to beat him, but uh, I'll, I'll take Stan in second next to him. Did you first. did you try shoving him into the hay bales? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would have if I had the opportunity. But. I'll give you a tip. I did this on the kids' track, uh, oh, the, the motocross. Just a little elbow. They go over so easy. Uh, <laughs> those training oh, wheels well, do not stop. The thing is, is, is Eric and Ben Bostrom grew up racing flat track bikes, so they're, they know about the elbow yeah. things. you got to do some little hard, more hardcore. Yeah. Stick a you gotta run him. You gotta run him in real wide. <laughs> um, there are a, there are a couple of universities that, programs that are doing this too, like the uh, 
Um, there's the SAA teams for cars. They have uh, some. There's a couple of bike programs that are coming up. Virginia Tech has a team. Uh, I think it was Ohio had a team as well. So how many different brands are there out there? Some of them are racing only, right? They're mm -hmm. not making street bikes. Like, how vast is it? And this is we're talking internationally, right? Right. There's probably about maybe about a half dozen different core teams and okay. that's not including like the colleges and and a few of the enthusiasts that are coming out um there's excuse me there's really only two bike company electric bike companies that are really shipping in volume um zero and brahma uh, mm -hmm. and then there's a couple other companies that are they're full-blown companies that are shipping in some small numbers like electric mo or lightning motors um is doing a Basically, they took their race bike and are and selling the race bike for I think it's thirty five thousand dollars or so. So, as far as the technology has come, is there is there backing in it? Is it's when we were watching the movie Charged, and from what I've seen at the races, it's still this very grassroots thing. Mm -hmm. Is is it getting more attention now? Are you getting respect at the races? <laughs> well, yeah, we're totally getting the respect. It's still totally grassroots though. You know, you still have to have a love for it and an enthusiasm for it because there's there's not huge companies out there. There aren't huge sponsors out there. It's uh, you know, it's pretty pretty light on the money and uh, yeah. So you just got to do it for the love of it. But uh, you know, out in Indianapolis when we were there, you know, we didn't expect this at all. But we got the crappiest times. We were at like five thirty, six thirty at night. Uh, after all the other events were done, this was at MotoGP weekend, and AMA was there too, and uh, and we went out there like the first day. I think it was six or six fifteen, and there were still people lining the track all the way around, cool. the whole oval, like just people lined up at the fence rooting us on, and you can hear it on the electric because that much noise. <laughs> <laughs> they're cheering and yelling and stuff, and then they came by the pit ne the next day, and they're like, man. I'm so glad I stayed to see you guys. I wasn't sure about this electric thing, but man, you guys are hauling. And uh, I'm gonna, you know, when are the rest of your times? And they'd look it up and and say, oh, we're staying for for the rest of the races the whole weekend. There was one kid uh, who came by the pit in Indianapolis who told Kenyon, "Hey, can I get your autograph?" And, and his father's like, "Yeah, my son thinks you're as great as Mike Tyson." <laughs> <laughs> Not don't, quite sure if don't I don't tell Mike Tyson. That. <laughs> yeah, I take it as a cover your ears if you do. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, no, but but for the record, Mike Tyson's a really nice guy, and I love him to death. <laughs> Go, brother. You just got a bad rap, that's all. Yeah. So you, you mentioned there's not a lot of money behind it for enthusiasts. Um, but So there's the flip side that it's still possible to privateer. You can build your own bikes and be competitive. Uh, totally. There's The field is open here. I mean, if, if this is what you love doing, you love racing, this is a good outlet to do it. It's, it's so much better. I mean, gas bikes... You, Hands down, you just got to be as fast as the other 18-year-olds out there that have done it since they were three years old. Yeah, there, yeah. There's, there's no, you know, there's no magic in it anymore. It just takes a good crew, a good bike, and to be to really practice day and out. Whereas electrics, you can go out there and and do something that nobody else is doing, set up your bike some way that nobody else is doing, have some sort of innovation that makes your bike a little better, and you can win. Mm -hmm. And the oldest rider on the track in Indianapolis was over 70. Yeah, wow. that's cool. Did you wow. did you beat him? Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, and I hear uh, you've got to do something pretty pretty cool in Indianapolis. 
Yeah, yeah. I I went to Indy and I really wanted to go kiss the bricks. Nice. And and then I got there and uh, and I I asked somebody. I said, Hey, can I get out there and kiss the bricks? And they said, Well, you're only supposed to if you get on the podium. And uh, so I had to go get on the podium. <laughs> and, That's uh, the spirit. Yeah, me and Eric Bostrom and uh, Shane Turpin, who took who won the race. Eric took second in that one. I took third. Um, the three of us went down and kissed the bricks. Nice. Sweet. Um, one, so of, you, one of the most special moments in my racing career, for sure. So you do road racing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and we heard about earlier that there was the 24-hour motocross race. Um, are there opportunities for people who want to race motocross electric bikes to show up at, say, the outdoor AMA Nationals and, and do, like, a big motocross? Are there flat track teams starting to come up uh, and, you know, off-road teams? What... What's the state of the other types of motorcycle racing besides road right, racing? Because isn't that how Zero started first? Yeah, we had dirt bikes yeah. first. Yeah. Um, uh, so we've had uh, we have a have a guy at our office who did some motocross and is real big into the dirt bike scene. And in some ways, the dirt bike is way easier. They they seem to not care that they're electric. They're like, whatever, it's just a bike. So you're riding in the same category, or is it yeah. its own? Yeah, you ride against gas bikes. Oh, cool. So I mean, for the dirt bike stuff. They're like, whatever, show up, if you go win, ride. You win. Yeah, and uh, and they're doing well. I mean, the in some ways the gap is narrower on the dirt bikes because because torque is such a key element on dirt bikes that uh, they're pretty close. I mean, I think he ran in a hair scramble. Um, I think it was a six-hour event, and they were running second against uh, you know 450 motocross bikes essentially, and uh, I think they somebody crashed like halfway through and they um, dropped back but i think they still finished like six out of like 100 entrants so what's the advantage and disadvantage of like a zero dirt bike over a gas powered um well in sort of the disadvantage i guess is is range to some degree you know you only have so much battery power and you got to have electricity there at the track Mm -hmm. um but usually a generator will do the job and in some ways that's an advantage like on this long six hour race they could just come in pull a battery out swap another one in uh takes about 15 seconds if you really know what you're doing maybe 30 seconds on the outside and uh and they were back out on the track whereas other teams would come in and take a one to two minute break to dump gas into their bike and then be back out on the track what's the weight like comparison they're about the same so even road bikes and dirt bikes were about equivalent now we started out lighter but then as all the equipment got a little beefier and and set up for it and the battery packs went got bigger we narrowed the gap and now we're comparable in weight so i guess when you're riding a street or a dirt an electric bike how does it feel different does it other than there being no sound or vibrations which that sound that might be pretty cool i mean how is the experience really different well uh not all electric bikes but the first thing on a zero is there's no transmission so it's a direct drive right. to the rear wheel. Uh, so all you got is gas and brakes. Or throttle and braking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can edit that out for you. Right. <laughs> Old habits die hard. Yeah. And when can we test ride some? Uh, you can test ride a zero almost any time. Um, anybody in the country can go online, um, put in your zip code, and find out who your nearest dealer is. And they all have demo bikes. Can we have a tour? Yeah. Yeah, and if you want to come up to Zero here in Scotts Valley, uh, yeah. I'll, I will give you a tour, and um, 
if we set it up ahead of time, I just need some time and we'll get enough bikes together that we can all do a ride. Like a weekend or a weekday? Weekdays are better. All right. Yeah, I would very much like to do that, which is why we're not talking a lot about the street bikes today. Uh, We're talking more about the racing and and your experience because we do want to do a whole other thing about, you know, the street bikes also. Um, What were you going to say, Bagel? Oh, I was just going to say that I I did test ride a Zero uh, last year when I was in Austin there for work. Uh, the guys over at AF1 were super cool and let me take one out for a ride. And I had so much fun blowing away Harleys and sport bikes from stoplights. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so on your race bike, do you have a horn? Yes. Why? Uh, because it doesn't make any other noise. So <laughs> they required us to put a horn on it. <laughs> but it is kind of fun going through the pits. Because at like pro races and stuff, like nobody gets out of your way normally, it's and ninja, race bikes don't man. have don't have horns, so you can just be like me 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 me. Like people are freaked out and they get out of your way. I love in the movie Charged how they said they had to put horns on the bikes because they were hitting birds and stuff. That's an exaggeration, I think. If if you're hauling around the track, your horn isn't going to well, do any good against a bird. Uh, this was at uh, Isle of Man, I guess. Yeah, I still don't think the. B- and do, do gas bikes not hit birds or? They no, can, well, apparently, they the, way, the way they were saying was that the birds could hear the gas bikes coming and got out of the way quicker. Depends how fast the bike's going, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. a buck 80, and I don't know if there's any chance for the bird at all. But. Yeah. yeah. They have a chance to flap its wings. In the <laughs> I, I heard that in the movie, and I don't, I don't think... They were required to put it on just for the sake of having a horn. Well, what's the airspeed but. velocity of a swallow? <laughs> African or European? <laughs> So um, we recently watched Why We Ride. We were mm-hmm. both in the theater at the same time. And there was that cool moment where some dude comes out into his garage and pulls out his smartphone, brings up an app, sticks it on the bike, and it's now the instrument cluster for his bike. And I thought it was really cool. And then you come out of the theater and you're like, that was mine. Yeah. So that's what you do. Uh-huh. Well, one of the things I do, yeah. Ex- explain that a little bit more and why won't it work on my bike um well <laughs> <laughs> we we wanted uh from the 70s you know we wanted something on the zeros where we could take the rider interface to the next level um and but we're really cost, cost sensitive so we couldn't just put a big expensive gauge on the bike so uh we had it linked to your smartphone via bluetooth um we wrote an app for it uh well you know, we worked with a company that helped us write it out for it. And yeah. We incorporated the hardware into the bike. Um, and it has the other advantage, too, is you can get logs, you can get error messages, you can get statistical data. It'll tell you how much power you've ever used on your motorcycle. So, you, you know, how much wall power or solar power, if you're so inclined, you, you've charged your bike with over the whole life of the bike. That is so, so you cool. can get a lot of really cool things out of it. And it'll also tell you how much money you saved. So you can, like punch in your like you could put in the the mileage of your car and the average gas price in your area and it'll tell you how much money you saved riding your zero versus driving what is your this car. a geico commercial yeah. <laughs> pretty much do you or have that on your race commercial bike? or a state farm commercial so what what on your race bike what information are you getting on your on that besides your speed so that was, that was kind of where that came from because we went like that first bike that i got hand-me-down parts yeah we didn't have a gauge for it so um, I just brought up an app that gave me lap times and my speed and everything off of GPS right. signal, and I duct taped it to the to the <laughs> gas tank on my race bike, and Must that's how nice I could tell how far I was awesome. going. You know? 
but uh, on the on the race bike now, I still use the phone app um, instead. In fact, we had a we just had an iPod on the race bike all last year, and uh, we put uh, motor temps up there, and so that I know when I'm getting toward, close to my thermal limits, um, and then I can ride accordingly, and it shows me the state of charge of my battery, um, so I can do rate kind of race management throughout the whole duration of the race. So you could go faster, but you hold back for longevity. Is that what you're doing? I mean, it seems almost like a chess match. Where you're having to do all this elaborate math, <laughs> yeah, to figure it out. As I mean, as a rider, I'd like to be able to go as hard as as possible from beginning to end. But the reality on the on the electrics is 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 it's a it's a management thing. So, so I just wanted to ask one little question about the cooling. There's no liquid cooling at all. Just even like a small, tiny little radiator. Is it all air? Uh, on our bikes? There isn't. On uh, some of the ra- some of the electric bikes, they do run okay. liquid cooling with a small radiator and right. a little circular. Suppose you system. wouldn't need much for the electric motor. Huh? Yeah. So, for z- the bikes you're racing and the other bikes, is um, what you d- what Zero does? Is it the motor or is it the battery or is it both? And and which of these is the technology changing the fastest? Uh, they're all kind of hand in hand. So it is, but the both um, are the. And we design our own. We have our own battery pack. Uh, we have our own motor. We use an off-the-shelf motor controller, but we developed all the algorithms in that controller, specific to our our drivetrain. Um, so we have a lot of the core technology within Zero. Do you, so you have to have a custom frame. Mm-hmm. Are you using stock? Um, like suspension and wheels what, what are you using on those yeah we do we partner with other motorcycle companies that uh um, so the whole front end is stock or is that the unique? our suspension is by a company called fast ace they're a pretty big asian company um they're not widely recognized but i bet you that a lot of the bikes well some bikes that you've ridden have have, right. have fast ace even if you didn't know that that's what the brand was on there so, so you can't take a regular bike. I mean, it has to be a ground up. Um, but it seems to me those are the big, the two biggest components are the batteries and and where what has the most room for improvement? Is it the batteries really? That's the weak link now. Um, it kind of depends on on what you're looking for. So yeah, range for, for wise, your racing. If oh for racing, um, yeah. Not really. Uh, you know, it's it's all it's all three. Mm. Um, you, you've got to have the whole package of the battery, the motor and the controller. And, you know, like I said, so, I mean, this year, I think at both Indy and Laguna Seca, we, uh, when we pulled into the pit at the end of the race, we were overheating the motor, the controller and the battery all simultaneously, (laughs) which is perfect. (laughs) But that means that all three of them have to get better. So we're right there, you know, on all of them. And that's part of the reason what uh, the, good, the great the great thing about racing is, is it allows you to push the limits to find out what needs improvements and how to how to improve them for future design, right? Oh, for sure. Like, so everything that's not everything, but a lot of the improvements that go into the zero bikes come out of the race efforts that we do. You know, we go break it on the track and then figure out how to make it better. Yeah. So well, historically, that's how bikes have gotten better. Is you know the win on Sunday, sell on Monday sort of thing, sure. and the try it out on the track and yeah it works it works and push it into the regular sales yeah in fact that's probably why harley and the rest started dying is they got rid of the race team mm-hmm. yeah oh well uh, i don't know harley's still actually really successful in things like flat track racing and drag racing yeah so you know they, they still are they still are pushing that a lot well anybody can and pub crawling 
um, so uh, when is your next race? Um, I don't know. The Unfortunately, the series that was promoting racing on an international scale, uh, who knows what's happening to them right now, but they're, not, they're at least not coming to the U.S., and I hear rumor that they're not racing in internationally either um so it's like an emerging thing you know it's it's a struggle um i've personally kind of worked on a with the local organization afm um they have it incorporated electrics into their scheme and you can show up with a bike and they'll incorporate you into a appropriate class oh cool and we're kind of we're the it's con- the talks are continuing we're trying to define real set rules but even today they'll they'll just let you into a class um, we're hoping to get more bikes out there and they'll actually do a dedicated electric class. But for now, we just go race with the gas bikes. Um, Arma is also running a series at all 10 of their races. Uh, and I believe they have a dedicated electric class. So if I get an electric bike from uh, 1962, I can race it in the Arma class? Yeah. <laughs> I think you can race any vintage electric bike. <laughs> um, speaking of international racing... Uh, I guess this movie you watched was about specifically about the Isle of Man. Does, does Zero race in the Isle of Man? Do they race internationally? Uh, sadly, no. Um, would you yeah. race well, the Isle of Man? I would. I would race the Isle of Man in a split second. That's on my bucket list. Um, and and although I, I should say Zero does race internationally to some extent, uh, we have dealerships in Europe, and a number of Zeros were lent to go run in the European Series last year. So, um, does anyone have any final questions? Yeah, um, I, I understand that one of your, one of or at least one of the biggest consumers uh, for electric motorcycles are police forces around the world. Yeah. Uh, so they can sneak up didn't on people. Scotts Valley, or no? Like didn't Santa Cruz recently get? Uh, Scotts Valley Scotts has, Valley has a, a couple of our bikes, mm-hmm. and I I think we're talking to Santa Cruz. I'm not positive on that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking to quite a few police agencies. We have. Uh, in Colombia, we have a hundred bikes deployed right now, and uh, Hong Kong. Sucks. <laughs> so <laughs> my Hong question Kong has another sixty-two. My question is, can I get a phone app that lets me know where the police are, <laughs> <laughs> and can you make that happen? I'll try. Yes. <laughs> what? What is? Hope. What is your up-the-butt bike? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Explain this. Okay. What's an up the butt? First of all, first of all, do you? What is your current street bike? Uh, temporarily a Jixer one thousand. Okay, so we have a thing called "What's Your Up the Butt Bike." That's (laughs) what bike is your dream bike that you would take it up the butt for? Oh. (laughs) It doesn't necessarily have to be your dream bike, Liza. That's just for you. (laughs) We all know that Megan's up the butt bike is a nineteen eighty one CM four hundred. Seventy nine. Seventy nine. She's she's easy. She's um, what, what's, what's your up the butt bike? What's your dream bike? I think it would be pretty much any MotoGP bike. Yeah. I just love to ride a MotoGP bike. It doesn't even have to have pedigree. Yeah. It can be last place nineteen eighty two. <laughs> preferably a newer one like and one of the four stroke ones or a, or a 500 i'm thinking if they were giving gp bikes away for up the butt there would be a line around the corner yeah and oh, everyone yeah. here would be in it yeah. set the gangbang record <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so, that actually, definitely. I did have one final question. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so, back when we and talked about like how you got started in your racing career, um, whether it's electric or gasoline, how easy is it to somebody to get into racing and to start racing? God, nowadays, it's it's really easy. Um, when when I started, it w- it was kind of difficult. I had never been on the racetrack until I showed up for my race school and a little intimidated and mm-hmm. in way over my head. Uh, nowadays, track days are, are so prevalent. They're super cheap. And you can go kind of figure it all out before you actually have to race. So once you race, it's kind of just like a glorified track day. Um, you know, and there's tons of agencies that will teach you how to do it. Uh, really good instructors. Um, I've, I've instructed for a number of years. I don't currently, but... Um, and I've done new new rider qualification, and it's great. The people that, that get to go nowadays, it's it's cheap, it's easy, and it's pretty readily available. Yeah, so they shouldn't feel intimidated, like, oh, I've never, like, you know, only racers do track days or something like that. It's like, hey, I'm kind of curious about this. Let me go do it, right? Oh, yeah, everybody should do a track day. If you've never done a track day, that should be on pretty high on your list to go do. I think we're going to get around to it yeah. this year sometime. Yeah. So there's a lot of us have never done a, cra- a track day here. So. If somebody wants to follow you, what's the best way? Uh, look up K Squared Racing. On well, I run my Facebook, Facebook page as a, kind of as my um, race page. Uh, okay. I also have uh, K Squared Racing dot com is my own domain, although I don't update that as much as I should. But there's videos and pictures up there, and some kind of basic information. And cool. That would be the contact information if someone out there wants to sponsor you too, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my resume is on both sites. <laughs> of course it is. Instant. Well, Kenyon, I want to thank you for coming. I appreciate, and I mean, this is a world that it's interesting, and we've been watching it in the last few years come up. I think that, from what I've seen, it hasn't gotten the respect that it that is due because people just don't know what to make of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, the electric bike's going out. The time you get a hot dog. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's like, no, well, this is really kind of cool. Once the generation of the, the 40s, 50s, 60s hot rodders are not around anymore, then the, the electric bikes will get a lot more respect. Well, and especially just watching, like I said, how quickly it's changing. Well, and, and once the, once they start surpassing the gas bikes, I think also will be a big game changer, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. You're, You're just waiting for that electric scooter, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Build an electric scooter. Do they do okay. electric land speed racing? Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, one of our... Customers um, has already set a lead speed record and is going to take a 2014 bike out here in the next couple months, I believe, to go um, try and up that record. Do you know what the record is? Uh, I believe for a stock bike, don't quote me on this, I think it's around 130 or so um, for, a, for a stock bike. Stock like unfair think uh, I think a modified bike is well over 200, like 236. Jeez. Nice. Oh, yeah. It's wow. almost airborne. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Megan, you want to tell people how to get a hold of us? Yes, Liza. <laughs> 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 okay, so you can reach us at our Facebook page, uh, Recycle Santa Cruz. Our email address is recyclemotorcyclegarage at gmail.com, and our website is motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Please um, rate us on iTunes. Send us emails. We do read them. And our YouTube page is Recycle Santa Cruz. And if you live in Southern Illinois and have a free bike yes. for Riley, <laughs> <laughs> you can contact us too. So thanks again for listening. We really appreciate it. We do love talking with people. We do answer 
everyone who contacts us. Mm-hmm. So I think we're out. This is Liza, Doug, Megan, Heather, Kenyon, Bagel, John, Adrian. And we out. Cool, cool.